Alex, we are here in Salzburg today. I can't believe it. This is this is such a perfect way to celebrate our sixty fourth wow episode of Get More Students. Fantastic. Um, and actually, this is a bit of an end of an era and well worth celebrating. So people are wondering why sixty four episodes. That is just how the lucky number began. But I think it's something I'm so proud of. Me too. Yeah. Two and a half years. <laughs> We've had like dozens of guests. We have. Yeah. You sort of are, are coming from a, a place here. This is, marketing is your your strong house. This is where mm-hmm. you've kind of come through. Obviously, language education too. But certainly, I came into this in a place of very little knowledge <laughs> and have sort of built that over time. And I just, first of all, I've learned a lot from you. So thank you so much. Likewise, likewise, it's been fantastic. But I really feel yeah. we've learned a lot ourselves from so. our guests yeah. and just from having to turn up and talk about something in detail and in depth. Mm. Uh, it's just been a, a wild journey. Absolutely. Uh, and being able to kind of cover so many different aspects and niches within this language education tutoring niche that we've uh, covered for so long has been very eye-opening. Uh, and it's been great having so many wonderful guests on. <laughs> it totally has. In fact, I was kind of looking at where we started mm-hmm. so we'd we'd started talking about it we're like oh let's do a podcast because yeah. we've been talking about it i think more informally before that um but well our first episode was actually in april 2021 so uh at that point we were just i mean really april was just getting out of covid yeah um peak pandemic was in terms of lockdowns mm. was sort of that start or start of 2021 at least and sort of the end of 2020 Mm -hmm. and so we were really and since this was was focused on that sort of language teaching and tutoring market the whole landscape had changed in a big way i don't even know if we were out we were only just out of the lockdowns i think so yeah and it was just interesting looking at our notes to kind of see what (laughs) we were talking about at that moment and I, I'd written some things down but some of the, the things that jumped to mind was uh, first of all of course move to, to online so mm-hmm. not just in language teaching but in tutoring mm-hmm. as well so many things were done face to face yeah of, and not just by a little <laughs> but this is sort of like 95 5 percent mm-hmm. was done face to face absolutely <laughs> The pandemic sort of changed everything in that way. And then we're kind of discussing kind of what does the new future look like at that point Mm -hmm. in April? What was your memory of when we started? Yeah, I mean, we were uh, talking about especially kind of physical in-person language training, how they had... uh, you know, adjusted and uh, pivoted uh, during that kind of the the previous year, yeah. Um, up to uh, April twenty twenty one, and what does the future look like mm-hmm. for language teaching? Are we going back to in person? Will uh, online become kind of this core product? Yeah, and you know, continue for the next few years. And yeah, I mean, I think we had some opinions about that. Yeah, there was definitely some things happening in the industry. Uh, I, I believe um, like players like Duolingo were yep. thinking about listing on the stock exchange. Online education companies were getting lots and lots of funding, of course. There was kind yeah. of peak time, I believe, for EdTech. That's right. We had Go Student, I think, mm-hmm. had raised 70 million, I think, around that time. Yeah. 
We had Lingoda that was raising, I think Babel was thinking of listing and subsequently didn't. So there was a lot of funding going on, a lot of activity going into education, particularly EdTech. Mm -hmm. um, we had still a lot of physical language institutions and organizations or tutoring organizations having to change their marketing. Absolutely. In a really big way. And so we saw, uh, you know, you were kind of pivotal, of course, you know, with your experience, kind of understanding, hey, what were the key kind of patterns or trends happening in marketing. My memory is certainly like user-generated content was a big one for you. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you remember from 2021? Yeah, a lot of just video content, right? That's right. Um, we were pushing big on, on video content. I mean, yeah. even, even today, yeah. um, even more so. But I think it's something that... I guess language schools weren't that used to creating yeah. these kind of short form videos that really uh, got the attention of, mm. of people and, and were formatted a little differently than kind of more branding type videos. Yeah. And um, that's also when kind of TikTok started making the news, yeah. um, gaining more users, especially through that pandemic period when every lockdown period when everyone was at home and yeah. on their phones. And actually, I feel like that's really held true the whole way. So it's interesting it that what we were talking back then is not so dissimilar to where we are now. It's like it's just sort of had to, to go through, right? Yeah, uh, mature. And I remember saying, I think, yeah, back in late 2020, early 2021, yeah. uh, you know, TikTok was you know, very popular. And I was kind of observing it mm -hmm. from a backseat to see how that would be applicable to, yeah. to the niche, to, to language education or education in general. Um, but we were always kind of ambassadors for video content, yeah. especially authentic student generated, user generated content. Yeah. And now it's like the standard today. Yeah. Like if you don't do that, then you're behind the eight ball. We've actually got a number of episodes that I think, have a look through our list, by the way. Like, we have done a lot of episodes on how to think about, you know, that was actually a main message, even in our, pretty much one of our early podcast episodes, mm. which was like, choose your niche. I think even then we were kind of hammering home this idea of really authentic images, yep. authentic video. Mm -hmm. So in that, from a marketing perspective, I think that's really held the test of time, which is... definitely. What you want, something that's going to be, you know, content that's going to be with you for a long time. Absolutely. I mean, of course, there are trends within video mm -hmm. marketing, especially when it comes to TikTok. Yeah. But the fa fact is you need that organic, authentic content um, out there. Yeah. And I think it's, we, we, we were talking about it then, that this is, it's sort of that layer effect, you know, like uh, an image says a thousand words, but a sure. video is that kind of next level. Absolutely. And particularly, it's hard at... The interesting thing is maybe it's easy to fake now. It used to be my, my harder to fake, so maybe sure. there's, there's something that I, I, I think we're going to be rounding out this podcast, by the way, if you're listening, uh, about kind of where we sort of see mm. things going, because there's a lot happening. We were, we were actually looking at some of our most popular episodes, and sort of the second one after choosing a niche, which was such an important message. Absolutely. Um, in fact, it might have been the one reason that we started the podcast <laughs> in the first place is we saw... So many people struggling with marketing their mm. education business mm. uh, and not knowing where to go about it. And that choose the niche message was really, really important. My memory is that we sort of created a bit more of a framework mm -hmm. about you know, where you go broad and where you go narrow. Sure. And if you're going narrow on your location, you can 
afford to go broader on the overall sure. kind of offering. Yeah. And that's kind of what we saw a lot of general language schools mm. do, right? Which mm-hmm. is, if you want to learn English in New York, where you place, any kind of English will do it. Yeah. And the other alternative was you go global, but you are very niche focused. Mm-hmm. Like, are you selling courses specifically for salespeople, specifically sure. for technology mm-hmm. businesses? Mm-hmm. And we actually saw lots of opportunities. I'll be so interested Absolutely, to see yeah. if some people have really run with some of these ideas because they did seem like they kind of made a lot of sense. They were big niches globally. Mm-hmm that no one was able to speak to really well. Exactly. Especially when it came to online education. Yeah. Uh, you have a global platform, of mm-hmm. course, uh, but you can't offer everything to everyone, especially on a global scale, unless you have budget for yeah. that. Um, but niching down into kind of who you serve, the, the industry you serve, whether you leverage your experience, previous yeah. experience or connections. I think we also talked about that. Um, to get those competitive advantages. Yeah, and go where the big companies wouldn't follow you or yeah. couldn't follow you mm. economically. So yeah. it kind of gave True. yourself some breathing room and some yeah. space. So I felt that was still, I still feel that's pretty relevant today. Is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then our second most popular episode, well, I guess the kind of broader category was around the, the people were very interested in what we're talking around AI how that was Very starting true. to change mm-hmm. the market. We saw that, uh, I think it was at the start of 2023, but mm-hmm. we were sort of observing that in late yep. 2022. And that also had a lot of, um, a lot of interest. I think we did, we did a great episode, uh, episode 56 it was, with Gina, mm-hmm. who we were talking about prompts and how to use that for marketing. Yep. Um, subsequently, we did uh, another podcast with Rob, who was talking about more AI image generation. Mm-hmm. Corinne, we, yeah. we did another episode in uh, episode 63, I think it was. Again, how to use AI for, for marketing mm-hmm. purposes. I feel that that was, you, you'd already picked it pretty early because you were actually quite excited even back in, <laughs> even before we did the episode, I remember you being very excited about it and actually being pretty optimistic. How yeah. are you now? Like I'm another still, year on. <laughs> I'm still very optimistic about it. Uh, it's definitely not this doomsday technology yeah. that's um, going to take away our jobs. If anything, it's enhancing what we do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in our agency, we use it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, brainstorming ideas for copywriting, for, for ad copy. Yeah. Uh, we also use it to supplement some images or adjust images yeah. as well. Um, you know, if we, we don't have the perfect image, we yeah. can use uh, AI to, you know, enhance it a little bit. Totally. Obviously not make it fake, but just to enhance it, remove objects. Uh, yeah. It just makes, it, makes working life so much simpler. Uh, and more effective and I mean video AI is yeah. just in its kind of infancy stages and already very very interesting and I'm excited to see where what the next two years has in store for us yeah it kind of makes sense though like I think you were already fairly optimistic at that back a year ago on copy yeah and I feel like that's playing out pretty well sure for marketing purposes. yeah for marketing purposes. Yeah. again you don't copy paste no it's off, and uh, to be fair, I think that's the story we're going to see in language teaching and in tutoring, that we have AI to assist us do a better exactly. job. Yeah. Um, but copy, it kind of makes sense that that was the easiest thing for AI to do initially. Yeah. And a year on, mm-hmm. I think we're pretty happy with the results. And assuming, I don't feel it's growing necessarily exponentially in terms mm. of its progress, but we're generally pretty satisfied with it. And I think we're seeing again, like 
Okay, then image generation, start of this year, 2023, pretty unhappy. A bit dodgy, yeah. Very dodgy. <laughs> uh, and then even middle of this year, I'm mm. like, wow, I can yep. use this. Exactly. Now sort of heading to the later part, I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is really starting to get good. And also seeing the relevance of it, the fact that you can choose, instead of choosing stock photography where there's a different model, different lighting setup, there's nothing about the brand that sticks. Mm when you're using models, unless you have a budget, which right. a lot of people don't or don't want to put that budget mm. towards great imagery. So that's where AI imagery, I think, has a really great place because now you've got imagery that starts feeling like it echoes with each other. Exactly. And we didn't really have that no, before. Not the start. Yeah. So I think that's mm. very interesting. So I'm, I'm interested that you're seeing that already in, in video. Video, yeah. It'd be very exciting. I mean, it's still kind of in those... Iffy stages, I, we'll prob we, we've never used AI yeah. video um, yet. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, watch, I think it definitely is a, a, a place to watch. And interestingly, if in terms of consumers want to consume video, maybe mm -hmm. more so than, say, text and imagery, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not easy to do. So if no. you've got something that, if you're great at video already, it probably isn't going to help you that much. And I think we're also seeing that in some of the studies coming from AI is that it's not always kind of the same thing even with the marketing agency, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's not replacing great work no, or great not. work. No. But if you're starting fairly low, mm. it can really up, you know, up your level yeah. quite quickly so that at least you're not in the kind of below average area. You yeah. start, you can, you, with AI, you can easily get into the after average kind of quartile, which Most I think definitely. is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think, something to look forward to. Uh, one of the other big patterns that we saw in our episodes as well was in corporate language training was an mm, area that B2B. became mm. almost a bit of a side niche yeah. within the Get More Students uh, repertoire. Mm -hmm. uh, we had an episode, even episode four, actually. So straight after Choose Your Niche, episode yeah. four, we were talking about what it's like to market to corp, you know, companies, yeah. so B2B language mm -hmm. teacher, language training. We then followed up with episode 22, we had with Andy Johnson. In episode 38, we had with Giacomo from Fluentify, who told us out his story of going, switching from B2C to B2B. Mm, very, interesting very interesting story. Um, Catherine told us a lot about how the CPF in France works and how these subsidy mm -hmm. programs work. So that was, I think, something I learned and took a lot yep. away from. And also applicable to other uh, countries, of course, and totally. most language training businesses. Yeah. yeah, and certainly seemed like a trend that wasn't just going to evaporate. No, no. And then even with, with Nicola, uh, yeah. who actually joined us, I think, twice. Yes, so she did. <laughs> Nicola from No Fluff is fantastic. Of course she is. And she really delivered in that episode as well on how to find and prospect mm -hmm. and be And nurture them. And yeah. convert them. She actually yeah. also did a great episode with us. So the one that we're talking about was on corporate language mm -hmm. training and how to prospect in that area. Sure. She gave us five great strategies. But then there was another episode a bit earlier yeah. that was just about sales mm -hmm. in the education area. And it was so good. Mm -hmm. It just reminded me of how important it is just to keep on following up. Absolutely. It's all the money is in the follow-up. And the, oh, <laughs> man, yeah, it really kind of inspired me. So and I kind of feel that same energy. I'm, I'm here with you now and I feel that energy. And so it is really, a, I, not a loss. I feel like we're, we're moving into some really exciting opportunities. Sure. But every time we've had an episode, there's been great energy from yourself, Herb, but also from our guests, right? Definitely. Um, and actually, we're noticing it as well with people that were 
we'd finally meet in person. Yes. And they're like, I've been listening to your podcast <laughs> for like two and a half years. Amazing. It was, it was Amazing. A, a, a really uh, heartwarming thing. So while at the end of an era, I think it's something I'm so proud to be celebrating with you today. Me too. Me too. Thank you for everything, Alex. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate it, Herbert. And if you're listening in, uh, this is not the end that you'll hear of Herbert and I, but maybe not in this particular format. No. How will people continue to follow your track? Sure. Uh, probably on LinkedIn. Um, so Herbert Gerzer, uh, you can follow me on there or via our website on learnmedia.com. That's L-U-R-N media.com. Great. And if you want to learn a little bit more about myself, you can also find me on LinkedIn. And if you're wanting to learn more about LearnCube, so what we do is we help large language businesses in particular or tutoring businesses, we help them scale and streamline their operations. And we offer two particular products, our virtual classroom software and our all-in-one online school software. So that's what we do. And if you're interested to learn more about that, you'll find it at www.learncube.com. And what I'm moving on to in terms of mm. podcasts, because I've loved these really. <laughs> I get so much energy from them, and particularly the guests. And so I'm wanting to follow that on with a new podcast called Language Leaders. I'll be talking to the top CEOs, heads of product, chief of operations at many of the best language businesses in the world. And I'm super pumped about just having these really energizing conversations and learning, sharing insights, sharing ideas, and looking forward to the future. Very much looking forward to it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Thanks.